0: Hey, good morning. Hey, good to see you all today in the theater. Uh, welcome to all those tuning online. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're in part three of a series called Head, Not Tail. It's in Deuteronomy 28, 13. I'm going to read this again, just part of it, and we'll jump into the third part of this. Um, I'm excited uh, to um, yeah, just be here with you guys today. Thanks for, for coming and being with us uh, today. Uh, Deuteronomy 28, starting in verse 1, says, If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands, all these blessings will come on you and accompany you. The Lord will make you the head and not the the tail. I love that intro video, you know, this, this powerful animal that's running through, and there's this moment, I don't know if you guys caught this, his, all four legs are in the air, right? And he's just guiding, gliding through the air. Um, when I think of head, not tail, that's the picture I think of. Like, you've, you've been so intentional with life in these different areas of your life, it's almost like the momentum that you've been working on is actually just carrying you forward, and it's not, even doesn't feel like a lot of work in that moment, uh, because of the momentum that's going. And I see that picture, and I'm thinking, that's like that. that's what it looks like to be the head, and not the tail. And so we, we, we um, are working, working through these, these promises in the Old Testament. The Bible uh, in Deuteronomy where God is saying, if, if you apply yourself, if you will be diligent in these principles that I'm giving you, these commands, you're going to find out that you're going to be in the front, not in the back. You'll get ahead. You won't be behind. And uh, this, so this is week three. And a couple weeks ago, the last couple weeks, we've asked this question. So looking back into 2018, all right, were you the head or were you the tail? So 2018, when it comes to your emotions and emotional health, were you the head or were you the tail? Uh, that was the first week we talked about emotions. Uh, mentally and physically, were you the head or were you the tail? Spiritually, relationally, how did those end up? in 2018, were those relationships where you feel like you're ahead and you've made progress, or you're kind of just be drugging around, being drugged around, not even sure what's happening? You're on the on the end of that. Or financially, which we're going to talk about today, were you the head or were you the tail? Uh, it's one of the easiest ways to think, uh, to, to see if you were the head or the tail is, um, when it comes to our finances and our bank account, right, and how things are going. And it's really important. One of, one of the most important things, topics we'll talk about in uh, this series because um, all of these topics, they bleed into each other. Uh, and they affect each other, and so it's important we talk about this. Um, but notice how when we started the series, we started from the inside, and we're working our way outwards, right? So the first week was uh, internally. Say so when it comes to emotional health, emo- emotional maturity, that is key. In fact, research shows that if uh, your how how mature you are mo- uh, emotionally uh, will affect how successful you are in life. And people that haven't matured emotionally or can't manage their emotions, that affects the ability for them to perform. And so we said the first week, one area we need to focus on this this year if we're going to be the head not the tail is you have to learn to manage your emotions learn to have self-control learn to get ahead in those so you're not making decisions out of an emotion having to fix it later but rather you're thinking through and and you're in control so you're becoming the head and then we talked so the first week we challenge was to learn to rest um people that are grumpy people that don't sleep well uh they're not fun to be around right it's hard to manage when you're tired and when you're depleted of energy Uh, all of us have struggles managing our our emotions when we're depleted so what if what if we got what if we got ahead and slept in on the front end not the back end right so that would look like instead of trying to catch up on sleep you would learn to have a routine and a rhythm every day where you have a, a, a a pattern that you're getting a lot of rest that'd be important so we said focus on that learn that that's a good step and there's other parts that go with that, but that's a good starting point for us to say, learn to rest. And then last week, we talked about uh, Sabbath, and we said Sabbath equals margin. And we said in our life, healthy people, when it comes to uh, physical, uh, mentally, um, spiritually, they have margin in their life to accomplish the things in these different areas. And so um, if, if you want uh, to accomplish what God has for you, 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 learn, you need to learn to have margin. And through this whole series, one of the reasons is because the one with the resource wins. So in 2019, if you want to win the year... You have to have resources in these different areas of your life. The one with the resources is always the one that wins. And so it's learning how to manage what you've, what's you been put in put into your hands when it comes to your emotions, your life, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to all those. And you'll find that if you manage well, you'll find you, you become on the, on the ahead, not behind. And last week when it came to the Sabbath, we asked this question. Uh, we said when it comes to our time, one of the resources we have that's really important is time, right? Um, it's, it's one of the most valuable things we have. And we said the question is not, will I have things to do, but... Will I do things that make a difference? See, because your schedule is going to fill up. You're going to have a lot of things to do. But are you doing things that are going to make a difference that are important? And so if Sabbath equal, equals margin. Uh, my challenge was learn to have a Sabbath in your a, a weekly schedule of six days on, one day off. Six days of work, one day of rest. Six days of, of going hard and doing everything you can. One day of refueling and recharging. Because this is the pattern the Bible gives us, right? When we follow God's ways, we find that we're more productive. Research shows us people that are are more rested, uh, they can focus more on work. They do a better job at work. And so learn to schedule margins so your soul can catch up every week. If not, over time, you're going to get depleted of things and uh, even your immune system will be compromised. You'll get weak. You'll get sick. Uh, It'll affect you. And so it's learning to say, I'm going to trust you in every area of my life. So I'm going to put you first. And we said this. During your Sabbath, hopefully you took the challenge and this week you've planned it. Sundays for a lot of us are great days. For me, it's not because I'm working a little extra hard on Sundays. So I take, I take other days in the week. Um, but what we have this pattern. And I said, if nothing else, ask yourself this question, especially if you're married. Ask your spouse this question. What one thing, if it got better, would make the biggest difference in your life? So this week, what's that one thing, if it got better, would make the biggest difference in our lives? Um, and we ask ourselves that on a weekly basis, what happens? We begin to, uh, to, to change things and make things better, improve things. And over a year's time of 52 improvements, right? You're going to see a lot of results at the end because you're being intentional about saying, what if I made a priority to, to take time out of my week, to not just re, re, um, to disconnect and refuel and recharge, but ask the questions, what are the important things in life? So this week, like I'm reflecting back, what, what are those things I did that are important? What are those things that didn't really matter? How can I cut out the things that didn't matter? How can I put more energy into the things that do matter? Um, and ask this question, you'll find that you'll begin to improve in many different ways. In fact, this week we put the question on social media, and we asked the question, what one thing? And the first answer that w- that somebody said was was money. If, if money improved in my life, everything else, that would make the biggest difference in my life. Somebody else said priority, uh, priorities, if I got my priorities fixed and straight, that would make the biggest difference in my life, Uh, time, things like that. So um, when it comes to the question, and really money, it it is important. It matters. Um, But sometimes I think having more of something is going to fix it, Um, but that's not always true. Um, And Today we're going to talk about finances and financial health. Um, So um, we do this throughout the year. It's a part of um, our what we think is important, because if healthy people are doing healthy things, we have to learn out what, what does a healthy person do when it comes to finances. And the Bible speaks so much about wealth and finances and possessions because uh, it understands humans and our tendency to get them out of alignment and to misprioritize and get in, a, in, a, in places where it's not healthy. And so the Bible's always talking to that, saying, hey, if you want to be healthy when it comes to finances, learn to do it this way. Learn to think this way. Um, and so it's important we talk about it. And for me as a pastor, one of the reasons it's really important to talk about it is because um, as Americans, one of the challenges we have is we're very driven by uh, a consumeristic society where we consume and consume, and materialism, right? So uh, we become very materialistic where we want more and more of things. And things aren't bad, and having more of things aren't bad. But when it consumes us, that's when it becomes unhealthy because we're focused on more of something and we neglect the more important things. Uh, like the Bible talks about the people around us, helping those that can't help themselves, those that are in need, right? The poor and, and taking care of that. And so in our country, let me just kind of catch you up to um, maybe if you don't know much about this, the stats when it comes to finances. But for every the average American for every dollar they make, they, we spend a dollar twenty six. So we spend a dollar twenty six for every dollar earned. All right. If you do the math, uh, that's that's going backwards pretty quickly, right? So that means for for every fifty thousand dollars the average American makes, they will spend sixty three thousand dollars. So that's a thirteen thousand dollar difference for every fifty thousand um, dollars. If that's your year, every single year. Um, you can see pretty quickly how you can get behind, and you're no longer the head, but you're the tail when it comes to finances. So why would it be important to talk about finances? Because of this number right here. Um, the majority, the, the average American, right? That's, that's, that's just kind of there. And so some of you in this room might be, well, that's not me. That's great. If that is not you and you, you, have a, you, you, you save more than, than you spend, man, that's great. We need you to lead a small group so you can help others that don't know how to do this. We'd love to partner them with you and help you to... Help them to get better in in their finances because that's part of being healthy, a healthy individual. Um, So if if you're wondering, it's it's important Bible talks about it uh, because we tend to have a wrong idea about finances. Uh, We tend to to think of it as something that it's not. Um, And so we're going to walk through that uh, today. Um, I I read some other stats. um, It says that – let me pull these up because I don't want to miss these. Um, The average American will spend nearly $7,000 on credit card interest alone. All right. That's that's nine percent of the average American budget. Uh, So the average American is giving nine percent of their income just to the interest of the credit card. Right. That's not including the payments they're making above that. So 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 we're as as Americans, on average, we're giving more to credit cards than we can give to other things in life. And we get behind, and this is where the Bible talks about being the head, not the tail, being the one that lends, not the one that borrows. Because what happens when you become the borrower, the Bible even use language, language like slaves. You become slave to the lender. Like you are no longer in control. You're not in front. You're behind, and everything you do is actually dictated by the person that gave you the money, and now your life is revolved around this debt and this pressure of having that. And in this room, um, if, if, if the numbers fall in line, there's a lot of us in this room that, that live that way and, and, and struggle with that. And so if, if you're here, there's a big, a, a big percentage that, that every, they, we live paycheck to paycheck as, as Americans, and that could be dangerous because what happens is now we're no longer to be free to enjoy life and to live life, but now we're almost trapped by, the, by, by what's in, in front of us. And, and in some cases, no fault of, of your own. There's circumstances that happen, but for the majority, honestly, if we're honest, it's because we have not managed well. And, and it's really about managing better. So um, on Facebook, uh, not on Facebook, on, on, I was looking through the Internet. I, I want to look at some different, you know, this would be a good time to insert something that's kind of a little light. And uh, I saw an, a, a post that says this. Uh, Do you want to make money from Facebook? Yeah, it's easy. Just go to your account settings, deactivate your account, and go to work. Right? It's like, hey, you want to make more money? Go to work. Don't be distracted. Just go get it. Um, another one I saw they say money talks, right? Mine just waves goodbye. So if, if you can relate to this, right? So if money's not really saying anything to you except goodbye, um, you, you might be able to relate. Like that's it. That's it. In fact, the Bible used language about money. Is when we put our hope in money, it's actually going to like sprout wings and at some point and fly away. Like our hope can't be in wealth. It can't be in money, uh, because at some point things will change, and we can't put our hope in that. It's got to be put somewhere else. And um, so uh, another another story I heard is uh, in Brooklyn. Uh, there's a cafe that was charging that is charging twelve dollars um, a cup of e- for Ethiopian coffee, right? But the drink doesn't have a name, so one of the, the newspapers put it out to the readers to do the honors. And here's some of the names the readers came up with for $12 a twelve dollar cup of Ethiopian coffee: Mocha dinero. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Costa Latte, right? That was a great name. Um, Broke fest Blend. Exceso. Kaching Casino, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Gold Bean Sacks, and then Cafe a Layaway, right? I think uh, it cost so much you got to put on a layaway. Um, I thought that was pretty funny, but but the truth is sometimes we spend things, we spend our uh, resources on things. that It's not that they're bad; they just don't make a difference, right? And today, my challenge, my, my, what I'm going to try to do is push back a little bit against maybe even some of your thoughts, your beliefs when it comes to how you should be handling money, how you should be managing the your different resources you have. Because the whole series, really, it's the resources that we have that we need to manage so we can come out ahead, not behind. And when we don't manage them well, we don't come out ahead. We come out behind. Um, and, and because the Bible talks about this. This is the principle the Bible says over and over. If you'll manage well, the little that you have or what you do have, you'll be entrusted with more. And and God wants to give you more, but he wants to know that he can trust you with more. In fact, the very first thing the Bible talks about when it comes about blessings to to Abraham, he says, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you so much, but the reason I'm going to bless you is not just for your own sake and so you can be blessed, but so you can be a blessing to the nations. Essentially, Abraham, I'm going to bless you and your descendants and that those blessings are result in the, in the nations being blessed. That's God's heart. He's looking for individuals who can, he can trust with what he's put in their hands to be able to say, God, I'm going to manage it well, not just for myself, but so I can be a blessing to others. And that's how God wants us to see things. And when we manage finances well, um, God blesses. And sometimes it's not just more finances. Sometimes it's healthy relationships. Sometimes it's doors that open that nobody else could open for us because we're saying, God, we put you first. We trust you with this. So for this series, um, Head Not Tail, I was thinking like, man, what's a good picture of this? You know, because um, life can be challenging. Life can be hard. What does that look like? And my wife found this perfect video of what it looks like to be the tail and not the head. There's no audio, so they're going to play it behind me, maybe even play it a couple times because we might need to see this. Because um, in life, this is what this is what tail, being the tail looks like. Uh, This is a good picture of how many people approach life in different areas of their life. Because there's already a lot of difficult parts in life, right? So why make them harder? But we figure out ways to make them harder. Wait for it, wait for it. It's not even the worst part yet. I think we got to watch that one more time just to like... Make sure it gets in because this is how sometimes people ch- choose to live life in these different areas when it comes to emotions, when it comes to finances, when it comes to our relationships. Like we're so stuck sometimes focused on the wrong thing that we're unaware that there's other ways, even better ways to do something, right? Like the, the guy, the person next to this this other writer, he's like easy underneath the, underneath the, the, the gate and uh, under, right? And somehow this person thinks it's a better idea to... You know put her bike through all this and bend things and hurt things uh, But life's already hard. We don't have to make it harder is the point point. and this is true when it comes to finances And if we learn to say god if I can trust you um, if, if, if I will put my trust in you if i'll follow your ways Um, I, I know things are gonna turn out different and this is my story And when I trust god to do life the way he asked me to things work out And when I begin to take it upon myself to try to figure it myself by myself and do my own thing, it doesn't work out the way I do, what I want it to. And even sometimes when it works out the way I want it to, I don't get the fulfillment or the results I wanted because I, in the middle of that, I realized I was focused on the wrong thing, and I only made it more difficult. Even though I got what I wanted, it wasn't exactly what I needed. And God is always saying, "Just trust me. I'm going to get you to a better place if you'll trust me." In fact, Proverbs three, the book of wisdom, uh, Solomon says this: "If you trust the Lord with all your trust in the Lord with all your heart." And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he'll make your paths straight. In fact, he, says, he goes on and says, do, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, shun evil. It'll bring health to your body nourishment to your bones. And then right after that, he goes on and says this, honor the Lord with your wealth. With the first fruits of your crops, then your barns will be filled with overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. So he says, when you put your trust in God, you're not leaning just on your perspective or your understanding, there's going to be these results that happen in your life, the blessings that come with it, because when you trust him and do it his way, it always works out for the for our be, for our good and for the best. Malachi, uh, prophet in the Old Testament says this. He says, bring the tithe, the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, to the Lord, God Almighty. So throughout scriptures, everywhere else God says, "Hey, don't put the Lord to a, to the test. Like don't put God to a foolish test. Like God if." The idea is don't don't set up yourself to to think you know more than God and be like, okay, well, I'll show you how, right? Because it's not going to work out for you, well, because you're not God. He is. But there's one point in the Bible, the only point, he says, if you want to know what I'm about, you want to test me in something, test me in your finances. And he says, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessings that there will not be room enough to store it. How many want some kind of blessings like that, right, in your life? So much blessings you can't even contain it. You can't even contain it. And he goes on and says this, not just will I bless you and pour out blessings upon you, but I will prevent the pest. I'll prevent the pest from devouring your crops and the vines in your field will will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. And then all the nations will call you blessed for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. So he's saying, I'm not only going to bless you, I'm also going to help protect all the things that, that you are, that you're working on and you're doing. I'm going to bring blessings to you in everything you do, and this is the reason I love talking about finances in church. Because when people get this and they figure it out, they begin to see the blessings that God has for them. And and what makes it so hard for me as a pastor is when I see people that don't figure it out, they struggle on, they struggle on. In fact, as as a church, so part of my job is to lead people into in a in the, in the spiritual health in all of the areas of their life. Like I'm 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 with you on this journey, right? And God is saying, would you would you guide? Would you lead? Would you encourage? Would you help people? And every single week, we have people that come to our church that say, for the first time, God, I'm, I'm going to put my trust in you. And then it's, it's our job as a church to begin to help lead them on this journey of saying, okay, there's the first step. Let's keep doing these steps. And this is what I find. When somebody comes and says, all right, God, I'm going to put my trust in you with my life. I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to follow you, right? And they say, I'm going to trust you with everything, but not my finances. The thing I see is their maturity, spiritual maturity, is always grows really slow. Because what really the message is, God, I'm going to trust you, but not really. Like, I'm going to trust you with everything else, but this area, no, you you can't have this. I don't know if I can trust you with it. And if you don't trust God with everything, then you don't trust him at all. And my, my challenge is, if you're going to trust God, go all in. And just say, God, every part of my life, I want to follow, I want to follow your lead all the way. And in finances, that's a very important part that we learn. And then I see the people that go all in and say, all right, God, every area, I'm all in. I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to gonna I'm going to put it before you, and I'm going to trust you. I'm going to, I'm going to trust you in this area. He blesses. In fact, we have a lot of people in our church who have been following Christ for years, 20, 30, 40 years, 50 years. And you know what they do? They, they give on a faithful, uh, faithfully on a, on, a, on a regular basis of saying, I'm going to put God in my finances first. Why have they been doing it for so long? Because they know the promises of Scripture, and they've seen it in their life. One of the reasons I do it, one of the reasons I teach my kids to do it is because I know when they put God first, he's going to bless the other things. So I'm, my kids, when they, when, they, when they work, when they get you know receive money, and they want to buy something, I'm like, guys, put God first. And when you go buy that thing, it's going to be like half price. You're going to get a better deal. You're not even going to have to spend the whole amount. God is God's going to open up deals because he does things like that. He, just, he, he gives these blessings when we put Him first. And other times, it's more of God, I'm going to put you first, and we're going to be a blessing to others. And even if we don't get anything in return, and we did our job by saying we're going to bring more of the kingdom to the, to the earth. And I was teaching my kids to say, hey, the antidote for more and more and more is actually generosity. The antidote for, for, for materialism is giving away. And we want to help our kids to know that. So um, so I love teaching about this because it's an important part of, of the Bible. But I get it. Some people in this room might be thinking, well, yeah, yeah it's easy for you to say you're the pastor and – you know, there's a misconception. I think people think the church only wants money. And, and I'll apologize. I think there's some people out there, some different people will say they're pastors or, or on TV, whatever. They have approached the subject wrong. And, and they have done it in a way that's not healthy. And, and I'm sorry for that. That is not our heart. In fact, um, when, when I'm talking about offering, I'm not asking you to give to me. I'm not asking you to give the church. I'm asking you to say, God, what do you want me to do with this? How can I, how can I bless your kingdom? In fact, if you're here today, maybe you're new or you don't know me, and I don't know if I could trust you, then I can help you find different ministries and areas that you can actually give towards the kingdom of God that wouldn't come to our church. Because the point is not giving here. It's saying, God, how can I be a blessing? Now, for you that trust us and you're saying, hey, we're a part of this, and this is a great place to bring that first part and that first portion and say, God, we're, we're going to be uh, faithful to what you're doing so we continue to see more lives change, more people have an impact. And when people do that, there's freedom that happens inside of them and around them because they're beginning to put God first. Um, and this is the part, like if, point is, is in, in, in Malachi, um, God is saying test him. I would even go as far as say this. If, if you're here today, maybe you're even saying, is there even a God? This would be a great place to test God. Are you really here? I want to see. And you put him to the test, and you'll see that God's going to do something amazing, and you're going to be like, oh, wow, like he is, he's real, he's true. In fact, if, if you would even go as far as to say, all right, for the next 90 days, I'll put God first in the tithe. Like, I'm going I'm to bring the first fruit. And, and the first fruit means this. The first fruit means that it's the very first thing before you do anything else. So there's a story in the, in the new Old Testament between two brothers, Cain and Abel. Um, Abel brings the first fruit of his flock, like the very first, you know, new, the newborn of, of his flock to God. It's the very first thing he gives to God uh, before all the other ones are born. And he presents it, and God receives it. And Cain, it says, over a period of time, just kind of every now and then gathered some stuff and brought it to God, and God did not receive it. And the, the, the point is that he's making is as, as, as Abel said, God, I'm going to put you first. It's a faith statement that well, no matter what happens this way, I'm still going to say you're, you're God in my life. And then God takes care of the rest. And the other, other, other way, Cain just kind of said, you know, I'll just – instead of being the head in their giving, he was kind of the tail. He's like, I'll just kind of gather what's left over and, and bring it. And God says, you're missing the point. There's no faith in that. Anybody can do that. It's the person of faith that God wants to say, and no, I'm going I'm to trust you in this, in this and, and begin, begin to give him the first part. Um, in, De- in Deuteronomy 28, listen to the language. You know, we're talking about head and tail. Very similar, right? The Lord will open the heavens and the storehouses of his bounty, to send rain on your land in, the season, in season, and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but you will borrow from none. You, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. So this language Scripture, over and over is saying, God's saying, if you'll trust me in all areas of your life, you're going to see that the results are great. They're going to work. They're going to, they're going to work. And, and when we say, God, I put you first. I'm going to trust you in this. Um, we'll see that these blessings will overtake us. They'll, they'll come in different ways, and they'll show up, and we'll, be able, and, and we'll be able to say, wow, God is so good. In fact, some of you that are newer to this journey, you've been doing this for a while, we'd love to hear your stories. Like, what is God doing when you put him first? How does God, how has God helped you? What has God done in your life to make a difference? So we can share those stories to show, hey, here's somebody, who tried it for the first time. And they began to, to put God first in their life. And this is the results. Uh, Jesus, let's hear what Jesus says about, about, about giving and about money and wealth. Um, Matthew six nineteen says, do not store up for yourself treasures on the earth where moth and rust destroy or thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and, and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in. And still, or vermin, another word it uses. Um, so there, you can get focused only on earth and on what's here. And God is saying, don't let this be the focus. Like there's something more than just what we see here. And if you put all your trust here, um, and you put all your focus and your wealth only in stuff here, you're going to miss out. God is saying, store up yourself something in heaven that's beyond you. Give beyond you so that you can make a difference around the world and for the kingdom. And he goes on and says this, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And this is why the Bible talks about money so much, because God understands this. This is the principle he understands, that whatever you value, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So uh, what you spend your time, what you spend your energy, what you spend your money on is an indication of what's important to you, right? So whatever you think is important... Just look at your checkbook. It shows you these are things that are important. And God is saying um, the reason he's asking you to put him first is because he's saying, I want your values to line up with my values. I want you to be able to see life the way I see life. So you don't get sucked into a culture that just says more and more and more and more. But you say, how can I be more generous? How can I give? And the reason he wants to be generous is because God is a generous God. In fact, one of the verses that talks about God to be generous says God loved the world so much that he gave his best, his only son. Right? God is a generous God. He says, model Follow my lead as I model it for you. Follow and do this. And he goes on and says this. It almost seems like a different section of scripture, but it's tied in with generosity. Uh, for where your treasure is, your heart will be also there. That's why it's important. Focus on where you, where you value things, where, where your heart is. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that Darkness. An idea here, it's it's more of an idea of saying, um, when we're talking about light that fills the the eyes full of light or a life that's full of darkness, it's talking about generosity. A person who looks at life saying, wow, I'm I'm, I'm open, I'm I'm aware, how can I be generous, right? That person, they get get it. But the person that's full of darkness is kind of like somebody who's squint-eyed, doesn't let a lot lot of light in because they're only focused on what they have. I think of like Smeagol, right? My precious, right? It's kind of that person who's got darkness because they're so focused on something small. And the contrast is, are you this kind of person that only can see what's in front of you because you're trying to hold on? Or are you this person that's open-handed saying, man, how can I use my life to be a blessing to others? Because that's the person God is looking for. Somebody says, all right, you can manage well what, I, what you have. I'm going to give you more of that because you're trusting me. And he goes on and says this, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You've seen why it's important for us to say, okay, I can't just hold back this area of God for my life. Because when you're saying that, you're saying, I love God and the fact, or I love money. And when you're saying, I love money, you're not able to fully love God. And he's saying, learn to be able to say, all right, God, I give it all. Like I put it all in your hands. I'm going to trust you. And when you do this, God shows up in a great way. Um, And I I would even say this, that when it comes to to giving, I don't know if I said that. I said this the first service. I don't know if I'm going to say it again. Um, if this would be the first time that you're going to put God to the test, I would even go as far as say this. For the next 90 days, if you would say, God, I'm going to tithe. I'm, I'm going to be faithful in this for the next 90 days. And, and he doesn't bless you and nothing happens. We'll give you all your money back that you gave to the grove. Like track it. We'll track it with you. Like I, I trust his scripture so much that I'd be willing to say it's, 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 it works. Just trust God in that. And if you're interested in that, we'll, we'll talk more about that. 90-day challenge. We'll, we'll take it on and, and do it. Because here's, here's what what I want to say is healthy people, they do healthy things. right? And when it comes to finances, people that are healthy that, that are healthy in the financial area of their life, they're doing healthy things with their money. That's why they're healthy in that area. So what do they do? Well, I would say the first thing is they have a healthy view of money. They understand it's a resource, right? And resources can be depleted. Resources could go away. And people that don't understand that, they'll use it up not knowing how to manage it well, and then they don't have no more so they figure out other ways to get it. Um, so how the, people that do good with money, and if, if that's you today and you're doing well, man, lead a small group, please. That would help us to... Get others that need, need, need them to rub shoulders next to you and learn from you so they can get better when it comes to finances. Um, but they have a healthy view of money. They understand how they're, they're – they're, the Bible says stewards. We're stewards of what God puts. And they understand the view is nothing belongs to me, right? God is entrusted – all this is God's. He's entrusted me with a small part. But because I'm faithful to that small part, he actually blesses me with more. This is why people that are good in business, they get more business. Why? Because they've done well here, they get more, and, and they get more. And those that aren't good, eventually they lose it all because they don't know how to manage what's in front of them. So it's learning to say, how can I manage? So a big part of Healthy View of Money is understanding that um, if you don't tell money where to go, it's going to go away. It's called – this is what a budget budget is, right? So the first step is you have to have a budget because a budget is just telling your money where to go. And if you don't tell every single dollar where you want it to go for that month, you know what happens to it? I don't know. But what happened to that money you didn't tell last month? You don't even know. It just goes away. It flies away. It sprouts wings and flies, right? So if you don't tell your money to where to go, it's going to just go away. Um, And in 2018, if you look back and said, were you the head or the tail of finances? I guarantee one of two things. You either, if you're the tail, you didn't have a budget or you didn't live by your budget. And that is the reason that you were the tail. Um, so a budget is saying um, I'm going to stick to a plan, even when it's hard. I'm going to stick to this plan. I'm not going to give into my my the, the appetites of wanting more. I'm not going to go and and splurge and shop and buy things that that even though it's really nice I can't afford. Right? Um, in some cases, for our budget and this this next year, part of managing well is okay. You're putting God first, and but maybe maybe you have a really expensive car that is kind of pulling you under. Right? Sell the car, get a clunker, drive that around for a few years. It'll be okay. Nobody's going to tease you. We'll be like. We'll celebrate with you like, man, you're saving all that money to be able to get out of debt and be able to move forward. That's great. And then save up money and then buy that nice car that you wanted. But do it in the right way so you're the head and not the tail, right? So it's learning to get out of, out of debt. Um, for you that are in this room and, and you're in that situation where 9% of your budget is going just to pay interest, not including all other stuff. You need to pray and ask God, how can I get out of debt? And I would say, okay, so in, some, in that case, um, you might not be able to give full, full 10% saying, God, I'm going to put you to test in that. But praying, say, God, I can't do it because of this reason. Now, if God says, go for it, trust me in it, do it. But I would say, learn to get out of debt. That way you can be generous in this area and then go above and beyond. But it's learning. It is, this message is not meant to put weight on you to say you have to do this. But rather, if you'll trust God in this area of your life, he'll help you get through what you're going through. Um, and for me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a testimony of that. All right? So in 2008, um, my family, we bought a house um, when the market was right here. So we paid top dollar for the house. And that year, the market turned and everything dropped, right? Now, two years later, we couldn't even sell the house for half of what we paid for because the market was so bad. Like we were trying to get out of where we were at because it was a bad situation and the bank lent us more and all that things that, that people got into. So part of my fault, I should have had more wisdom and maybe more counsel and advice, but something I couldn't control. I couldn't control what took place. And we got in so, such a bad situation financially, it took us 10 years to climb out of that. So I understand this process of having to get out of something. But here's what we didn't do. We didn't stop being generous during that time. We didn't stop putting God first. And yeah, it took us a while to get out, but we've still made an impact going through all those, t- that, all those years and saying, God, we're still going to put you first. That's, that's our mistake. That's our bad. We're going to make it up. We're going to fix it. But in time, we'll get there. And so for some of you, it might be a little journey you have to get through. So maybe it's that 1%. And you're saying, God, here's my first 1%. Now I wish I could do the whole 10 but here's that first. And then build up and build up and get there. So here's the thing. Your first part of your budget needs to go to God. Whatever that looks like, you're saying, God, the very first thing I do. So for one of the things I love about online giving is after I get paid, the very first thing on our transaction, the first transaction we do is our tithe. God, we're going to build your kingdom. And the second transaction, kingdom builders. God, we're going to go above and beyond and give give to help other other uh, areas of, of, of the kingdom that doesn't affect us directly, but we're going to be a blessing. So 10%, you're saying, God, I put you first, right? That's healthy. Say, God, I'm going to trust you and what your Bible says and how we should we – should, um, follow your lead the second step would be savings and i would say this if you if you're not saving on a monthly basis that's a good indication that you're not living by a budget because that should be part of your budget Um, and then 80 80 everything else so it's figuring out what do i need to cut down what do i cut away so that i can be healthy in this area and when you give to god when you're saving you will find yourself at the end of the year you're actually the head not the tail and you'll make you'll make you'll make room and you'll begin to get healthier and then for everybody else in this room that would say, you know, that's not me, Man, I've done really well, and maybe some of you, you've been given the tithe for years, and that's, that's great. What if, what if this year maybe God – maybe let me challenge you, and God would say, well, would you be willing to go above and beyond that to feed the poor? Would you go above and beyond that to plant some churches? And uh, one of the things we do as a church is, is we push to say, God, what can we do here on earth that would make a bigger difference? And a tithe, um, so as a church, we tithe every week, right? So the offering today that comes in, 10% is going to go out away from us. Every single week, we give away 10%. We don't. We, that's the very first thing we do at the end of the month is, okay, what came in this month? God, we're going to give that to church planning, to missions, to build your kingdom. And then we have a, a, a category that's called kingdom builders. So that's the tithe. Then we have offerings, which is above and beyond. And kingdom builders is for those that say, I've been tithing and I'm been faithful in this part, but I want to go above and beyond well, here's opportunities that we can look for to rescue kids from slavery in West Africa. And we can feed the poor in India. We can uh, um, help, help rescue ladies in the red light district in India. We can help educate. We can help a hospital there do surgeries for kids that have cleft palates over there. Uh, it doesn't cost a lot, but it changes their life, right? And so for 2018, our goal was $40,000. And what's awesome is we were able to give $32,095 away from us. Um, This is above and beyond the tithe as a church, right? So we said, what can we do above and beyond? And we could give away. And that number, it's a number, but it represents changed lives. It represents churches that were planted. Uh, Because of our offering last month, Kingdom Builders, we we had a little bit more in the bank. There's a church that was in need. Um, They were struggling, a new church plant, kind of young. And so we said, they're struggling. Why don't we give some of what was saved from Kingdom Builders to them? You know how much of a, a, a boost that was to that church to be able to say, hey, here's part of what we're Part of what our church's generosity is to help you say you're not alone. You keep going. Don't give up. Your community needs you. Like Keep making a difference. Don't stop. It's an encouragement, right? And as a church, we're able to do those things. And so because of your generosity, uh, Keenan Builders was able to do that this last year, and I'm so proud of us. Uh, I never set a goal. This Last year was the first year we set a goal. And guess what? Last year was the first year that we ended in the positive. Coincidence? I don't think so. I think because we're saying, God, we're being faithful here, but we want to go above and beyond. And God is saying, I want to help you on this journey. I, I, I could trust you with a little bit. I'm going to give you more. So what are we going to do for 2019? Here's our goal. Our goal in this next year is what if it looked like we gave away $50,000 to the church, right? What if we all said, man, I could do my part. And I, I did the math because, so in this room, if, if, if a lot of us are not in a place where we can give even the, even the tithe yet, um, get there, get out of debt, get to that point. Um, but uh, for those that can, um, all it would take is a quarter of all of our adults in, in the room in, in that come on every month to say, you know what, I'm going to pray and ask God to help me with 1% of that of that goal. I'll give 1%. It'd be like $45 a month, right? If, if, if a quarter of our adults just said, I'll, I'll take that challenge to go above and beyond what I'm already giving to say, how can we feed more kids in Haiti? How can we build more churches around the world? How can we do a good work? And, and what's so exciting is when we do it God's way and we become the head and not the tail, We can say yes to more opportunities in life that make a difference, right? That you'll maybe have any kind of uh, blessings that come your way necessarily because of what you gave. But in heaven, you're going to meet these people that said, we're so thankful for the Grove. Like our church was started because of your generosity. Like like, I got my family out of poverty because in school, I learned the techniques. And in church, I learned how to trust God with my life, right? There's going to be kids that were impacted in families because of our generosity, because of us saying we can do this. So my, that's my challenges here for, for Keenan Builders. Um, they're not up right now, but we'll have all of the different um, cat, the, the different uh, projects and uh, things we're going to try to reach uh, this year. And so maybe pick a project and say I want to contribute a part of that. And uh, online there's a category you can give online to it every month. Um, you can even uh, make that recurring if you want. Uh, but just think, how can I go above and beyond? And so for you that are in the church um, that are here today, when it comes to finances this year, 2019, I want you to be blessed. I want you to be successful in this area, but it's up to you to say, God, I want to follow your lead. I want to put my trust in you in this area. And it'll be amazing that if we did this, the kind of impact we can make as as a, as a partnership, as a team together. Um, And what's interesting about Kingdom Builders is that, that number thirty thousand, that doesn't include our, the 10, the 10% that we get, but it also doesn't include bike for light, which is another uh, 20, 20 some thousand dollars that we raise for bike for light. The impact we're having is, is, is pretty big. for for, for just being a young church. And so just thank you for being generous. Thank you for being a part of it. So here's my challenge for for this week, all right? My challenge for you is this. Test God in the area of finances. If you've never tested them before, test God. And if you you, you know it works, go above and beyond this year. Ask God, what can I do? What do you want me to do? How can I be generous? Look around. What are the needs in our city that we have that you can maybe begin to say, God, how can I use my time? How can I use my resources to be generous? How can I use my life to make a difference? Because what you put first always determines the outcome. And if you put God first here at the end of the year, you're not going to be back here. You're going to be in the front, not behind. Because when you put God first in every year of your life, he helps you organize yourself in, in a way that makes a bigger impact and a bigger difference. Um, so in Matthew 6, 19 to 27, Jesus says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Uh, for some of you today that came to church and uh, maybe you're new to church, you haven't been to church for a long time, or some of you, maybe you used to walk with, with God. You have a relationship with him, but you walked away from that. Uh, today, um, I think and I believe God is calling you home. And God is saying, would you put, put your trust in me? And not just in finance, but in everything. There's some people in this room, you've never put your trust in God. And, and I hope that, that, that this message is in some ways opening up your heart to say, okay, maybe I need to trust God in all areas of my life. Here's why. Because wherever your values and your trust, your, your, your heart is, that's where you put all your energy and time into and God is saying to some of us in this room, your energy and time has been spent on things that aren't going to matter in the end. It's not going to make a difference. But I want you to join me in this in this journey where you can say, God, I give you my life. I want to put my trust and follow you so you can help me to become everything you want me to become. See, following Christ, is, it's, it's all areas of our life. And he invites us to, to lead it, to follow his, his lead on this journey. So today, uh, that's you today. I'm going to give you an opportunity to just really... It's, it's a, to say a prayer with me. I'll lead you in a prayer. It's, but it's a, a prayer of invitation to God to, to have a relationship with him. Essentially, you're saying, God, forgive me of my part, my past, for doing it my way for so long. Today, I ask for your forgiveness. Lead me on this journey to do it your way. And the Bible says that when we come to God in and, and, and a humble with, with a humble heart, right, saying, God, I, I can't do it my own. He responds and says, I hear you. But the proud ones that say, I, I got it on my own. I, I don't need his help. He rejects those people. But the humble, he says, I, I hear you. The Bible says it's called repentance, that when we find ourselves going the wrong direction, right, it's like a U-turn. You, you, you're going the wrong way. You say, God, I've been going the wrong way. Today I'm going to repent. I'm going to return to you. I'm going to turn away from that, that life, and I'm going to begin to walk your way. This is what being a, a Christ follower means. You reject what doesn't work, and you say, God, I want to follow what does work. I want to follow your example. I want to follow your lead. You model generosity. I want to be generous. You model love. I want to love. You model peace. I want to have peace. I want to give peace. And he invites us. So if you're here today and you don't make that decision, hey, I've been going this way for too long. I want to go God's way. I'll lead you in a prayer. Do me a favor. Close your eyes and bow your head today as we end our service. If that's you and you would say, um, I want to put my trust in God today. I can't do it without him. And I need his forgiveness. I need his help. Would you do me a favor and lift your hand right now and just say, that's me? Awesome. A few hands going up. God, I put my trust in you. I ask you for your help. But do it on my own for too long. a lot of hands went up today saying I want your help if you raise your hand I'm going to lead you in a prayer and uh, just repeat this prayer after me if you're a Christ follower would you join us in praying with them so they're not praying alone say this prayer today say Father God today I acknowledge that I cannot do it on my own I need your help forgive me of going my way forgive me of my sins today I ask you to lead the way Give me a new start. Come into my life. Make me a new person. Put my trust in you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on that cross. In my place. So I can have a way back to you. Lead me on this journey. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, church. Let's celebrate all those hands that went up today. So good. While you raise your hand. The best decision of life you could make. Um, the best decision I made ever, my whole life, is saying, God, I put my trust in you. And the results are incredible how God leads us and what he does in our lives.